Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us with our another Next CLT's entrepreneurship podcast. Today we have Anita Stanton, who is the owner of Miles Enterprise Solutions, a company that focuses on making lives better through tech as a service. Anita also sits on the board of Next CLT. Anita, welcome. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. So Anita, tell us a little bit about Miles Enterprise Solutions. Well, one of the things we like to do here at Miles is focus on uh, improving the work lives of our clients. And we do that through technology. Uh, so types of projects that we get involved in include uh, project management, uh, enterprise resource planning, technology support. So all of those things that keep your systems running and operational, uh, including cybersecurity. You know, you said including cybersecurity. How important is cybersecurity to our world at present? Because we all hear it, but sometimes we just don't really know what that is? That's a great question, Eric. We um, were a part of the minority, the Charlotte Minority Economic Development uh, Summit this week and held a session that spoke to how important it is for not only in government contracting, which is part of our focus, uh, but also in private sector uh, to be aware of the challenges that are impacting us today. I mean, more and more we're seeing uh, the different scams and the threat actors that are after our data. And what's most important is that we do what we can to protect that data and at least have an awareness uh, because the majority of the times that data is actually accessed is because it's welcomed. Right. And it's welcome because it could be someone that's phishing. You think you know them or they're using um, an email address that may be somewhat familiar to you um, or a link that may be slightly familiar. And there are one or two iterations uh, to the verbiage in that link that makes it no longer valid. It's just recognition of the the. Um, the differences in the information that's coming over to our systems. Well, thanks for sharing that because I know that that question comes up with, hey, what's cybersecurity? What do you wish everybody understood about your role as CEO of your company? Overall, Eric, the role is hard. Um, I don't think we often think about uh, what leaders and CEOs may be um, impacted by in their day-to-day -day roles. Um, the uh, social media and some of the other uh, influencers make it appear that entrepreneurship can be uh, somewhat easy to get involved in and uh, may not show the true picture of entrepreneurship and the CEO's role. Uh, there are decisions that have to be made every day. Uh, CEOs are typically their collaborators, uh, visionaries or innovators, but everything we do involves our teams, either internal or external. And we're constantly having to shift and evolve and pivot according to industries 
people, technologies, and or processes that may be occurring around us. So I would just say in summary, the rule can be a bit difficult at times. Thanks for giving us the reel on that. You're right. Sometimes it seems glamorous as being the CEO, but there's lots of nuances. It does have its its benefits, but there's also lots of uh, nuances to that role. Anita, uh, what changed for your company during COVID and how have you adapted to the post-COVID lockdown world? Yeah, you know, we really saw during COVID um, shifts that we had to make and the pivots that we had to adjust to. Uh, Many of the clients that we serve were in a work-from-home environment, uh, and we realized we didn't have the the normal access to our clients that we had pre-COVID. So it required us to make some shifts in our technology uh, to be more in a virtual environment, even though that's where we thrived, um, as others adjusted to a virtual environment. So in some ways, it enhanced what we were doing, whereas in others, uh, not having that face-to-face access required us to think differently about how we approached our clients. Thanks for sharing that. You talked about others adapting to this virtual world that you've already been in. As we talk about this whole piece around Next CLT, you participated in Next CLT's very first cohort and that business accelerator that is Next CLT. What did you learn and how have you applied it to your business? That's a that's double, triple fold, um, Eric. When we look at Next CLT, the realism of it, the opportunity gap is real, right? So there are some common barriers that uh, BIPOC entrepreneurs face uh, that are sometimes misunderstood. Um, the p- pandemic even exacerbated that a bit. So what we were able to do by being a part of Next Charlotte as a leader is focusing on that mind shift and what was needed at the time to get through the challenges that we were facing. So Net Charlotte identified some of these systemic processes that we needed to have in place that created scalable systems and scalable outcomes. I always say social capital is tremendous. It makes a big difference in the rooms and the environments that you may find yourself in as a business or as a leader, uh, being able to network and to network up in those capacities. Because sometimes we, your network can be just those around you, but when you're given an opportunity to get face-to-face, uh, FaceTime with leaders at the executive level throughout corporations that are in and around Charlotte, Uh, That was a big advantage. And then also having access to funders. I mean, we all know that access to capital is one of the key challenges that um, African-American entrepreneurs face. And having the ability through Next Charlotte to have those conversations around access to capital and investors and the role that they can play in supporting our company and its growth, uh, those are some of the uh, benefits of being a part of Next CLT. Anita, you also sit on the board of Next CLT. What made you kind of like say, 
hey, you know, I went through this initiative. I'm planning to actually be part of it. What, what is your thought in that space as a board member of Next CLT? I mean, Next CLT is a community. It's, it's about building a community of support for the Mecklenburg County, for the city of Charlotte. And one of the ways that we can dismantle some of the systems of injustices that we face in our country as entrepreneurs is by coming together and creating the financially inclusive markets, uh, digital connectivity, education, healthcare services, even through entrepreneurship uh, that can benefit the larger macro community. And I think being a part of what Next ELT does uh, gives us an opportunity to give back and say, we've been helped. Now we also want to be a conduit for the other entrepreneurs that are coming through uh, our system here in the city of Charlotte. Wow, a conduit for others. So building a bridge for others to follow. I, I like that. What's one initiative on your whiteboard that wasn't there 30 days ago? Ooh, there's a few. Uh, thanks, Steve. Remember, you you all provided us with some new whiteboards that were pretty cool. But uh, one that's on the top of our list, There's, I hope you don't mind, there's actually two. One is global talent development. Uh, we are moving forward with our global strategy and looking at how can we build talent uh, not only nationally, but also globally, uh, since we are in a distributed environment. And then secondly is research and development. Those are the top two on our list. Uh, we're looking at ways that we can create innovative applications, frameworks, and platforms that can allow us to continue to grow um, in our industry and to build the company. Mm, so two, uh, global... And you said looking at strategies to locally to help you build your company, if I get that correctly. Anita, how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things within your role? I do quite a bit of, of listening, uh, listening to YouTube. Uh, listening to other executive leaders. And for me, being a minority woman-owned, uh, veteran-owned leader, I do focus on women CEOs who lead global teams. I firmly believe that representation matters. And in order to grow and develop, we should look at those that are similarly situated um, and or where we want to grow to be. So we look at the leaders that are where we would like to be and we listen to them on a regular basis. Uh, I personally listen to someone every single day that can allow me to grow and develop in my thinking as a leader, but also with um, innovative thoughts around what we can do with technology and how that could be a game changer for us. If you don't mind me asking this question in this space is how much time do you carve out for listening and learning in that space on a daily basis? Because, you know, as a CEO, you have many different hats, plus you as, as a family person uh, as well. So 
how much time do you carve out to uh, learn and grow? I carve out two hours a day um, in my day to research and or listen to podcasts. Wow. So that's intentional time learning and growing. That's intentionally on the calendar that's blocked out. Uh, Typically, the early parts of the morning are best for me before the day gets started and everyone gets involved uh, and all the calls start. So it, it starts with that meditational time and then transitions right into learning and development. Wow, I, I like that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to be really pleased to hear, a, you know, a, a successful businesswoman sharing a little nugget of how you stay on top of things. What's been the biggest failure in the last year, and why do you think that happened? I think the biggest failure that 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 we've experienced is is not anticipating the talent, some of the talent shortages. Uh, what, as one of my mentors shared, the focus now should be on building talent internally. And developing those systems and those processes that will allow you to or allow an organization to build talent from within. I think when we look at the great resignation and some of the challenges that we face with human resources, I think that was an area that that we could have improved upon. Uh, We've taken those steps now to where we're building um, infrastructure internally that provides more of an opportunity for us to build and grow teams. Mm, uh, talent and building talent internally. I think a lot of people always reach outside for talent. And so that's pretty interesting that you've actually looked at, hey, how do I continue to utilize those people that I have, but help them upskill themselves so that they could be better and the company and the organization could be better? Let me ask this, as your organization is, you know, Miles Enterprise Solution, what is one thing that your company did for your client or clients that you didn't expect to it to happen? That's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, the feedback that we've received from our most recent clients in the last year has been, How can we enhance and improve in the areas where they are lacking? I was really surprised that a large uh, Fortune 500 company that reached out to us to say, what can you do to make our process better? Here's our challenge. Can you provide a solution? And it was exciting to us to discover that we actually had one and we had one that they wanted. Um, So that was more around our software development. We really didn't anticipate that a larger organization would have a need for something that that we created um, at a micro level and that it would have such a tremendous impact in their environment. Wow, that sounds exciting. So that means that they valued your work and your thought that much that they said, hey, help us 
So I guess in your world of making lives better, it through technology, you are helping others help themselves get better. That's correct. It was the intellectual property. I think sometimes we may not look at intellectually how we work every day, how we build frameworks and recognize that that in and of itself is a product. And that is what the experience was that we have with that client. They shared with us, this is something we need you to develop for us and develop quickly. Wow. But I know that's- We ex- were surprised. Yeah. I, I, I surprised and I know very exciting. So that's great. Absolutely. If I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do and would you want to be known only by that project? It would be a global project that deals with uh, immersive learning. It would be getting more involved in robotics, AI, VR, uh, the metaverse, and all of its possibilities with education and training. Now, when we think about technology, there's this ed tech. Uh, functionality that we're really looking at. How can we take immersive learning or or virtual reality, augmented reality, and make it a part of our company and what we do? We would fully engage in that. Wow. That sounds futuristic, but it's actually here now. When when you say the metaverse, I, I was actually thinking of some superhero type. It's it's pretty fascinating. Pretty interesting that that would be a project that you'd be interested in. We would love to take on that project. And uh, as our, our CTL says all the time, uh, she's a big Star Wars fan. So it's uh, when do we create our own virtual reality world? So that's what we're looking to do over the course of the next five years. Wow. Switching gears slightly, I want to ask this question around NextCLT and why is NextCLT or a business accelerator as a business accelerator important for entrepreneurs who own companies in that BIPOC space in the city and county and BIPOC meaning black indigenous people of color? In my opinion, representation matters, and that is also supported by uh, research and evidence that, I mean, it can pull up at any time. Uh, some of the articles that, that I've been reading sums it up pretty well in talking about uh, role modeling is crucial in overcoming that initial barrier to access. Just simply having representation that allows you to believe that entrepreneurship is a viable is a viable option in seeing others that look like you uh, that are successfully accelerating uh, their businesses and scaling and growing then it helps to remove that stigma of of failure and fear because you see someone that looks like you doing what you initially may have a thought that that you could accomplish as well. Mm, representation matters. You've said that a few times, and I totally get it and I understand it. 
what's something everybody in your industry should stop or start doing? Start doing, uh, I really think we should spend more time uh, focused on what technology can do for us, AI, VR, AR, but at the same time, we have to look at those intrinsic biases that can be carried over um, into technology such that we're looking at both sides and we're being inclusive and diverse in the development of these technological resources. Innovation is great, but innovation also comes with the responsibility. And I think our industry should also look at how can we responsibly innovate to ensure that what we're creating is not an environment that's equally systemically um, not inclusive. Mm. This makes me think about the digital divide. And in your world, how would somebody who is not technically inclined, how do you move from, is there something for technical immersive learning for non-technical people that would help them kind of like bridge that digital divide or help them not see the biases that may hinder them because they don't have those technical skills? Oh, wow, Eric, that's a great point because we are already in that next wave of technological disruption that has the potential to create even more of a divide between those who are technologically literate and those who don't quite understand how to use the emerging technologies. I think education will be the key. We'll have the digital um, technicians who have an idea of how to utilize the emerging resources um, that can enable others to learn how to advance in the technological space. I mean, we've got the mobile revolution. We've got everyone has a smartphone. So I think we just need to advance that more equally so that we take the proper steps to bridge that divide. And I, and I think across the city and across the state, you'll start to see uh, programs that are rolled out in both the public and private sector that can support uh, the educational resources that will be needed for others. And as we see those, are those generational, meaning we have all these different generations who are in the world of work and, you know, we have baby boomers who are actually having to work longer um, now and we talk about the whole things around inflation, et cetera. And then we have all these different generations. How do we kind of like get the, I, if I use the not, politically correct statement of older generations into that digital divide? I think we embrace uh, the differences, right? And the challenges that they're having with um, engaging with technology. But we build that bridge again by creating examples that can work. Um, ensuring that intergenerationally we have older workers that are in our our companies and our organizations. Because again, I'm going to use that term again, representation matters, be it younger or older. 
right? To to have the patience with our older generation to let them know that they can learn um, the the new technologies. And I think the pandemic caused a big shift because we saw generations that typically did not use technology get involved. Uh, now there's there's telemedicine, right? So to see the doctor, they had to get assistance maybe from their their younger children or the younger uh, generation in their families to help provide them that level of support. So I think we'll see it advance at a much, much faster rate. Um, maybe one of the benefits of the pandemic. Anita, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and the next CLT podcast. If you could leave us with the last word, leave us in the way that you would like to leave and end this podcast. You know, I think I'd I'd leave it by saying that we all can play a role in uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion in corporations, as well as what we do in our communities and entrepreneurship. So it's up to each of us. Uh, to create that change that we'd like to see in the world. Anita, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Change that we want to see in the world, it's up to us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric.